Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a wonderful guest. Her name is Lola Brognano. Welcome, Lola. Thank you, Lynn, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And it's really exciting to have you on. Now, Lola, you're a maternal mental health therapist. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Absolutely. I work with pregnant and postpartum moms. And how did you do specifically get into doing what you're doing now? And why are you so passionate about that as a particular passion and purpose for yourself? Uh, you know, it was, it's an interesting way that kind of came to be. I've always kind of been, you know, woman forward uh, since I can remember just always uh, uh, looking at uh, ways and differences that women have to navigate the world. Um, and eventually the work kept coming back to um, basically the the reproductive uh, time in a woman's life, which is the majority of her life. So no matter where I was working with women, whether it was in substance use or in domestic violence, interpersonal violence, most women were still in their reproductive years for the most part, because that from menzies to menopause, that is the largest portion of our life. And so it made sense that somehow I was going to eventually work with that in some kind of way. And eventually I realized, uh, just get very specific about it. And it really came down to a lot of our reproductive and our, our, our fertility, um, pregnancies, uh, postpartum, um, you know, and the struggles and, and everything that goes with it, especially the mental health side of it. And it just landed to where I am today. And I'm pretty much a perinatal and reproductive specialist. And so I work with pregnancy and infant loss, with birth trauma, with all of the nuances that kind of go with it, with infertility, recurrent loss, and, um, and it, uh, it's wrapped with a bow of mental health, um, and it's not often spoken about. And so that's why I'm glad to be here today. It's very important, isn't it, to talk about women's mental health. And um, mm -hmm. I hadn't realized until you mentioned it actually whilst I was off air, how important this issue is. And um, I'd like you to talk about, you know, uh, and we're gonna be delving down a little bit more around mothers and their relationships mm -hmm. and how healthy relationships and, and being a mother is, is, is such a high priority. But first and foremost, I think you have some stats around how, how this affects women in general that, that really surprised me. So I'll leave you to share that with the audience and leave it and hand it over to you, Lola. Thank you, Lynn. Well, you know, I it's in, it's important to talk about um, mental health uh, and and especially, um, you know, we're, we're talking more and more about it and we need to do that. It needs to be commonized and it needs to be destigmatized. And one of the areas that I bring that in is maternal mental health and how it connects to why we're here today is relationships are integral and imperative to healthy moms and healthy babies, which is 
healthy communities. And one of the ways that it kind of goes hand in hand is if moms are not being supported by their relationships, by the people around them, um, by their village, their community, then what happens is their mental health suffers, just like ours do, just like everybody's does. And one of the biggest areas of concern with this population specifically when they don't have support, when they don't have their relationships, is that they have um, postpartum suicide is the number one uh, cause of maternal death. And that is, as we know, uh, suicide is 100% preventable. And so we we don't want to not recognize that actually being there. We don't want to recognize that substance overdose and suicide, these two things that typically go hand in hand, maternal mental health issues, mental health issues specifically, when you pull them out and you look at them, a lot of people have a lack of support. They do not have the relationships that either they once had or they need to have. And, you know, right now we talk a lot about reaching out to your people. So we're talking about that, right? We know mm. we need relationships. We know we need the support systems. And it's especially true for pregnant and postpartum women. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that I found shocking, you know, when you mentioned it off air around, you know, the, being the highest percentage of suicides within women is this is this you know phase in our lives um, you know I was really shocked by that yeah absolutely and we don't we're never told that it's never talked about you know uh women go from having like you know 700 you know um prenatal appointments to only having one postpartum you know and to check on them and for the most part they're not going to be talking about those kinds of things and people don't ask them about their relationships. It's never asked who's around you, who's helping you, who's taking care of you, who's supporting you, who's encouraging you, right? Um, and it's, it's extremely important um, that the relationships remain intact. We know that when we talk about postpartum depression, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, we call it now, okay? Yeah. Yeah. We know that we know that one of the biggest tippers when it comes to mental health and a woman being able to take care of herself and her baby the way we want, because we want that. We want that so that we have healthy communities um, is that one of the biggest tippers. And we look at three of them is right. No, no one who gives birth is immune to not possibly not having a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder, such as postpartum depression. One in five, one in five birthing individuals is going to have one of those disorders, one of the biggest tippers to whether or not they can get well and thrive is whether or not they have present and supportive relationships. And that, we're not just talking about potential partners here, are we? We're talking no. about, you know, friends, family members and yep. the wider community as a whole, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. The wraparound approach, the village approach. Yes, because not everybody has a partner. We have plenty of people who decide to be partnerless um and have children yeah especially yeah. today you know it's, it's very mm -hmm. common isn't it mm -hmm. so um I think being a mother myself I can remember you know thinking as a single woman before actually having children um not really having any idea what the impact of having kids would have <laughs> on me and my relationships and uh, it's something we're never educated about is it no, no, absolutely not. You know, where, you know, the second, the second baby is born, 
you know, the mother is usually typically forgotten about completely. Um, but it's basically like, here you go, go on and figure it out yourself, you know, and, you know, social media and the, and the filters, you know, the, I call it a mo- the mom filter. It, they don't help where everything looks perfect and they're pulling it off by themselves. And, women can pull off anything. We've pulled it off since the beginning of time by ourselves. We can do it, but mental health is absolutely a factor in this. And it doesn't have to be this way. We know that women in villages in Africa can thrive when they have relationships, when they have support from their from their cousins, not just their husbands, when they have it from their priests, when they have it from their from whoever, okay, in the village. The same thing with all of us. The wraparound approach to relationships is what, as humans, really keeps us connected, keeps us present in this world, wanting to be in this world. When humans don't have relationships, we don't do well. We know that the Unabomber is a perfect example of what happens when someone gets a little too isolated by themselves. And in the, I believe it was the late 80s or early 90s in the United States uh, of America, there was a, a famous notorious crazy person called the Unabomber is what we refer to him as. And when he gets a little too isolated up in his cabin, he ended up sending bombs to people. We know that in the pandemic, what happens to us when we don't have our relationships the way that we need them and we suffer from it. And so when, when we have to have it as mothers in certain ways, Okay. And we're trying because mothers aren't just mothers. They're everything. They're, they're nurses, they're chauffeurs, they're teachers, they're, uh, you know, the, the a spiritual leader because they're instilling morals and value systems. They are wearing every hat in the world, which we expect them to do. And we expect them to do it with no help, with no well, relationship. Today, I, mm-hmm. I think it's more probably prevalent that we've got that lack of support. Um, because there isn't that sense of community like there used to be decades ago, is there? I don't think so. You know, I'm even just from when I grew up, uh, I don't compared to now, I don't even know what half my neighbors even look like. You know, when my parents grew up down at the local Walgreens, everybody knew what everybody's name was. You knew who the milkman was and that that community, that community is gone for sure. You know, and so you know, now when everybody talks about reach out and it's okay to not be okay and reach out, you know, that's good. That's great. We do need to do that, but we have to have those support systems in place. We need those relationships. We need them for sure. And I think even if you're an older woman that's sort of got adult children like I have now, um, we all probably know younger women that might be in this situation and feeling vulnerable and alone, you know, whether that's as a grandparent or distant relative or whether that's a neighbor or a friend's daughter maybe I agree with you and that is one of the uh things that remember we said we this isn't talked about I think this is one of um the things that we can talk about well how can me just one person and you Lynn just one person make a difference in this world if we're supposed to have these relationships and the wraparound support to um, our our friends and neighbors, but who we're talking about today is our mothers. Our mothers is how can we do that is by, right? Is by knowing what we know and letting them know that, opening the conversation, talking them about the realities of 
labor and delivery, right, uh, of labor and birth and what it actually is like and not tiptoe around it um, and talk about the realities and the hardships of postpartum and and offer tips, talk about the, the hardships, offer, right, the semantical and practical ways that people can help mothers, right, um, is I don't I don't necessarily need you to stop over and drop off flowers for me. Right. Um, what I need, right, is to be able to have a shower for the first time in four four days, and that shouldn't be a luxury. A, a, a mother, it should not be a luxury for her to to have a shower. Okay. And so, a friend, uh, um, a nanny up the road, an auntie up the road, can come down and not ask because she's probably going to say no, knowing that she needs help and knock on her door and say, "Hey, I'm here to watch." babe, while you go and take your, your shower. And I will be right out here, right outside this door um, while you go do that. And she needs that. She needs that. And that's what we say when we talk about how they need relationships. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, it's striking a good healthy balance as well. Not, not becoming somebody that takes advantage of that either. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we, of course, you know, we'll always see someone who's, you know, um, in that way. But for the most part, you know, we um, we definitely want to step up and step up more. You know what I mean? When it comes to that. Yeah. But but within healthy boundaries, of course, yes. you know, because your own self-care is equally as important as the mother's, obviously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and of course, right, if you are noticing that you are actually helping more than mom might be helping herself or her babe. Um, or, right, there that could be a huge sign, actually, that she is struggling silently with a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder when, when we are working harder than them. Yes, okay. Um, and we we tend to, in this field, try... And, and hopefully humans in general try to see that the majority of people are good people and the majority of people are not trying to take advantage of other people. And so when it comes to that, right, and we notice that, wow, I am really kind of going over there a lot and this is taking a lot out of me, become curious why that is instead of judging, right? We want to look and become curious. Oh, really? Maybe she actually needs more help than even I can give. She might actually need help. You know, so yeah. I think we want to kind of look at it in that way, right? In that loving, curious set of eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. So, what do you think are the main things that new mums struggle with that, that our audience might identify with? I really think one of the biggest things, um, you know, like we were saying, obviously, is 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 needing support from their relationships around them. Okay, is Mums in general are uh, defaulted as being the provider, even when there's equity within the home. And it's not usually even when we say we have supportive partners and husbands, we're still doing usually the majority of, of the work when it comes to everything. Um, maybe not one or two things, but in general, they find that in general that. Um, and so I think that that's a huge part is is, again, their relationships and their people stepping in. Okay, stepping in and 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 doing shifts, coming over and bringing meals, doing meal trains. Okay, um, all of those ways I think is the one of the biggest ways that we can show up and provide because when that is taken care of, typically the mental health side does better and does well. So to tie it into what we were talking about, the relationships are integral. 
um, an imperative to how she does and then how baby and and how community does as a whole. Has a lovely ripple effect at the end of the day, isn't it? Because like you said, if if mum's doing well, yes. baby's doing well, the, the extra external relationships are doing well. And then, you know, as a whole, the community does well. Well, if you think about it extendedly, if if we don't step in and help mother and she doesn't do well, we will end up stepping in later and it will be under drastic circumstances. Yeah, I, I, as I say, you know, I was quite shocked when you mentioned about it being the number one you know cause of suicide and we can't have that you know we can't have children growing up without a caring mother yeah and and you know that being the extreme most of the struggle is not that most of the struggle happens the in-between where someone's doing well and the extreme okay where someone can you know considers suicide but it's the in-between part where most people most mothers struggle and that's why we need to step in because if we don't step in as our supportive relationships and help and are there and 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 doing everything we can then we will end up stepping in and it could be all those other in-between places where because she has postpartum depression she's not doing well and might need intervention from a doctor from from medicine from maybe even going to a a baby mother unit a day stay unit okay it doesn't have to be right uh a life okay dangerous situation but we will step in eventually if we don't step in preventably. Yeah, I love that. Prevention is better than cure, as the saying goes, yes. isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. So how can we sort of help women, you know, and prevent the worst case scenarios occurring? I think one of the biggest things is the one-on-one, because most of us are not, you know, lawmakers, decision makers in that way. Um, And so we can, there are ways to do that, but one of them is to educate ourselves and then help educate those people around us and open those conversations. If we have a pregnant friend, ask them, what is your birth expectation, your birth plan? A lot of women don't even think about it. When you ask them after, uh, you know, there's so much that goes into what we can what we can do and uh, most of it on the one-to-one level is opening conversation hey after baby's born not um what will you need help with we say how am i going to help you what day am i coming over okay because when we say call me if you need something they won't we we mostly don't so you know um how are you doing people mostly say i'm doing fine Okay, you know, um, so we have to take a little bit more active approach in conversation, in how we interject and provide help, not offer help, provide it. We provide help now. Um, I think that's a good distinction because there's some usual shame involved, isn't it? If you feel like you need help in admitting that. Majorly. Oh, mom, mom shame and mom guilt is real. And, you know, like I said, those, um, you know, Instagram filters where everything looks perfect and everything is being taken care of. Um, it does, does absolutely um, discourage a lot of people, let alone mothers who are seeing that and thinking, what's wrong with me? I can't hardly get out of bed half the time. And there's amazing puppies and balloons going on over at that house. You know what I mean? And there's a spotless and I haven't done dishes in three days you know, and it can spiral a person. It can make them feel awful as parents, you know? And so we want to go in there 
and and not just say you got this because when someone doesn't feel like they got this saying you got this to them does not help them and it doesn't actually help them get it either what we can do is help them get it step in and say oh i'm going to come in and help right i'm going to come in today and do laundry with you right i i can't tell you how many of my best friends i have shown up okay and people hate that by the way all right this is a thing people don't like people showing up just showing up but when a mother is struggling and if you ask if you need help, she'll say no. But if you show up and say, I'm coming to do laundry with you, you will get that laundry done with her. Yeah, and it's good to say do it together rather than mm -hmm. enable her to sort of feel like she's a victim rather yeah. than somebody who is actively striving to work towards being able to do more for herself. Yeah, that's a wonderful, beautiful way of saying that. We don't want to feel right, like bad and defeated. Okay. Um, and so um, a, a victim, incapable, right? Yes. We don't want to be incapable. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I've seen, you know, interfering, if you like, sometimes the other extreme where uh, specifically probably um, grandparents interfere and, and mm -hmm. totally <laughs> this, 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 uh, what's the word? Um, disable the, the mother you know rather than enabling her because they mm -hmm. literally take over completely yeah. the other yeah. side of the coin isn't it yeah it, yes good point you know which you know right good intentions you know we we're learning in intent is not the same as impact right you know and so again a lot can come with and I know not everyone of course is a clinician or a therapist and might not necessarily know some of like hmm if I do this they're gonna but, you know, going in there and just trying to think even of if we if, if it were to be me and someone were to come in and just start doing everything for me all the time, it would make me feel incapable and small. Right. So I think sometimes if we just take a minute. Right. And breathe and, and think for a minute about what's actually going to help this situation not just short term, short term, but long term, because, yeah, going in one day and cleaning a house for a mom short term is beneficial. And maybe it's OK for that day, but you can't do that every day for them. No, no, obviously exactly. not. Right. Because like you said, you're disabling them. Absolutely. Right. And we want to obviously um, empower our moms, yeah. don't we, to, to know yeah. that they are capable and by by doing yeah. something with them rather than for them. Yeah. I think it's a better way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And if we continue to talk to our, our partners and our friends and our cousins and our teachers that we, this is just what we should be doing, then it should we shouldn't have a negative feeling ever when someone shows up and the mom opens the door and it's the neighbor and has casserole and says, I'm here, it's three o'clock, let's go ahead and start. And the mom have no negative feelings about it ever because it's, again, returning to the village relationship supporting everyone and I suppose we'll never know the true impact of doing that that good turn or, or good turns really down the line it is but it is always great isn't it to offer something to somebody yeah. whether they're a mom or not I'm talking yes. about just just as a human being mm -hmm. uh knowing that you know that that act of kindness you just don't know where where it, it and how powerful that could be in that moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the re and and one of the the reasons I know the I use the shower 
um, uh, example of it not being luxury is because it was a uh, mother did tell me once something so seemingly small, like a shower, what it meant to her when her friend showed up and did that. And she never thought that it would have that impact on her. The friend never thought it would have that huge of an impact. She was just like, you haven't had a shower in four days. That's ridiculous. I'm coming over and you're going to have a shower. But the mother, right, had no idea and talks about it to this day, okay, about what that felt like for her. Uh, and it shouldn't be like that. And so we have to make and find ways for that not to be like that anymore. Absolutely. And and to know that we've, you know, that that those and those acts of kindness will be paid forward, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and again, the ripple effect is that the community benefits. Yes, the community benefits because the mother is typically um, um, a healthy mother at that point, at least mentally, you know what I mean, in that way. And we know what that does ripple out that way. And it prevents all the negative ripples of what we know right? Uh, addiction going, right? If, if someone's suffering and doesn't have help and the relationships aren't there, mom is going to turn to ways to feel better and they're not always good ways. And so it can have the negative ripple when the relationships are not there. And so we've got to find and make ways for it to be there. Absolutely. And I think there's no stigma in, a, in talking about mental health. I know hopefully it's becoming a bit more commonplace to speak about it and that people aren't going to think, oh, you know, there's something wrong with me. Because at the end of the day, human beings, we could we could all label ourselves as having mental health issues. It's just that some of us have actually, um, you know, got natural coping skills or they've learned coping skills. And some people have never been given the awareness to show or um the tools to manage any particular scenario especially around um you know what the impact a child could have on, on their life so um you know there's no shame if you're listening to this and thinking oh my gosh you know i'm not really coping very well in this situation uh, you know i am i'm obviously you know <laughs> gonna label myself as being mentally ill no don't do that you know at the end of the day it's just because you've not been shown or given coping strategies or skills probably until this point that's exactly true a absolutely the majority of people in the world are not considered actually mentally ill we the the majority of people struggle they struggle with stuff they struggle with living out there in a very hard world and trying to figure things out because you're right a lot of us didn't have necessarily uh, people around us who modeled good behavior or good decision-making skills, right? We didn't necessarily know adaptive, healthy coping skills out in the world, okay? Um, because we, as humans, we're going to deal with it somehow. It's either going to be an adaptive measure or maladaptive, okay? And I, and I agree completely that not everyone was given those tools, you know? Why it's especially important how we tie it in together then, why we need those relationships around us right? Because we don't always know. And that is right. When we've been saying it's not just someone's responsibility to reach out when they're in help, because as we've learned, right, people don't always do that. It's our responsibility too to reach out to our people to see how they are doing. And so I think that that comes with kind of what you were saying. Not everyone might have the same abilities. And so when we're getting back to the roots of being human and, and it being about relationships and wraparound relationships, we have to reach out to them too. We have to show up to their house too. We have to text them too, 
even if they're not texting us. And we have to interject, you know, into um, into lives sometimes, you know. Um, and it's important. It's really important. These kinds of conversations, there could be one person who might be listening to this who might hear something different today that they might not have heard yesterday and realize something. Ooh, my friend has been struggling now that I heard about that. And yeah, you know what? I can call them. I don't have to have them wait to say they need help. Or it might be somebody who's needing help, right? And going, okay, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to let that person come over. They've been asking three times. Yeah. I'm gonna say yes. This time, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be around babies, the situation. It can be around any age children that you might be yeah. you know, finding, you know, life a, a bit of a struggle, mightn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, I've, if you think about it, like how parents struggle a lot, right? When they're, when there's teenagers in the home, I'm sure, right? It's so isolating for parents when they're thinking like, oh my God, we don't know how to do this. We've got the, right? These adolescents are insane. They're going off the walls, off the rails. They're in rows all the time, the family. And so what you, it's nice when all of a sudden a friend comes over and is like, I struggled with that too with mine. And we don't feel so alone in the world, mm. you know? And so relating to other people, and just maybe, you know, accepting somebody might want to babysit for you so you can have a date night. <laughs> yeah, that's big. We need those, don't we? We need date nights. <laughs> Absolutely. Even if it's just for yourself, you know, and your own personal self-care to go and do something nice for yourself, even if you haven't got a partner or your partner doesn't want to do something on an evening. Absolutely. And I know a lot of single ladies, especially who say they date themselves. So they do go out on date nights with themselves. You know, it's no different. You know, um, they treat themselves to a nice, <laughs> a nice dinner. It's no different, you know, and I do agree. Self-care is huge, right? Self-care is huge for ourselves. Okay. And there's many different forms of self-care and Mostly self-care is the top part of the iceberg that we think of, right? You know, we're getting our hair done and, you know, and 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 re reading a book. Okay, but we can't forget the underneath, right? We we actually do have to go to the dentist to get our, our teeth clean. We actually do need to have like a skincare regimen because uh, we, we do have skin integrity. You know what I mean? How skin can break down when we don't actually take care of ourselves the same, the way that we should. Self-care is, is bigger than... Okay, then the the things on the outside that we sometimes think about, it's also the other parts too. And that includes, okay, like you said, self-care is, is also boundaries. So it's the same thing when we're helping people as well. We can't only help other people if we're not helping ourselves. And so when it comes to that, the reason we say village mentality is because no one should be running out of steam that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? No one should be in any way tipping. No, right? we should all be filling each other's cup. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Lola, what is the best advice for somebody that might be listening now that's struggling? What would you say to them? Well, in the uh, like you said, when we're talking about just humans in general and relationships. Right. And 
uh, when it comes to the work that I do working with mothers, and we know how especially important that is and how directly related it is to how well she does, which we know ripples into communities. I think the the biggest advice is, is, is we have to be okay, right? Is we have to get back to being okay with what the word help means, okay? And how we are responsible to provide it and to accept of it right to accept it as humans we have to and so i think that's part of the the biggest advice i can give right for people is to show up for your people and allow them to show up for you thank you so much so for anybody that's listening that might want to reach out and connect with you lola what's your best um contact information the easiest way to find me, I would say, would be on Facebook, and that would be my name, Lola Brognano. You could find me on there, um, and uh, it would, you would be able to find me um, on all my other places just based on just that one page. Excellent. Thank you so much. And uh, any final words of wisdom for our listeners today? No, I no. But what I can say is I absolutely adore, okay, what you're doing here. And I think it is so important, right, that we have to send these kinds of messages, the ripple out of of, of the positiveness and um empowering um people and equipping them to go out there and have um more meaningful relationships. Excellent. Love that. So thank you so much. That's been a fascinating conversation, Lola. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. So listeners, it just leaves me to say, as always, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.